I tell you, man, to be able to have the honor and privilege to share the greatest news in all the world, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So here's what it is, you guys, you know what we're going to do today? We are going to praise the one who paid our debt and raised his life up from the dead. That's what we're going to do. So here it is, right here. Let's just put this phrase up here. That one. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised his life up from the dead. Say it with me. Would you say it with me? Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised his life up from the dead. Man, that right there, you guys, by the time we leave here, you are going to see love on display. That's what this weekend is, man. Easter weekend, at its core, is love on display. And that's been true for me, even more so, because Friday was my birthday. So, yeah, it was, I'm, I'm 23 again. I don't know. It's weird, you know, it's weird when you're disillusioned, what you can think. Uh, but uh, seriously, man, it was so fun, actually. To, I don't know if I've ever had my birthday be on Good Friday. But to sit there and think all day long about how much God loves me. And then to think that he even created me, that I get to even exist, is just crazy good. It was a really fun day. But it was also really fun because I, I was, I just had a chance to experience a lot of love on that day. My wife and my kids know me, right? And because they know me, they gave me the perfect gift. And, and I don't know about you, but I never thought I was a guy who really liked gifts that much. But what I realized is, no, I really like a gift that shows that you actually know me, that you thought about me, and that you gave me something that I really love. And so, um, so Thursday night, I got home from work, and they made me sit in the front yard for like two hours while they finished it. And I, <laughs> I came around in the back, and they had put together one of those outdoor heater things, you know, with a, so you could sit outside. And uh, see, my wife knows me. And because she knows me, she knew what to get me. Because my favorite thing to do is to wake up at the first thing in the morning and grab a hot cup of coffee and sit outside and just be with God and let him show me how much he loves me as I watch the sunrise. But man, it's too cold out there, but not anymore. <laughs> And so, yeah, it's a sweet gift, man. It's like when somebody loves you and they know you, they give you something that enhances your life, right? Now, when we first got married, it was a little bit different. Um, one of my first birthdays, she got me bed sheets. Can I, guys, how many of you wanted bed sheets for your birthday? I, I just, not, you know, and I, 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 she's like, please don't tell everybody I gave you bed sheets, you know, because now she just goes, what was I thinking? You know, it's like, I think she was like, you really love to sleep. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what it was. But uh, seriously, we were just laughing about that, how in the beginning of our marriage, before she really knew me, it was like, I get a gift. You know, when she gave me bed sheets, she kind of missed on that one, let's just say. But she nailed it this week. And I want to tell you guys, Good Friday and Easter this weekend is the greatest gift from somebody who knows you. Amen. And he didn't miss it, man. He didn't miss it. He knows exactly what you need, and he gave us the greatest gift in all the world. This weekend is when God said more than any other time, I love you. In fact, I love you with every fiber of my being. And here's what we all know. Every human being at our core, that's what we need to know. <laughs> I need to know that I matter. I need to know that I'm loved. Can you imagine if somebody fully and completely knew everything about you and they just loved you? It's true. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. So praise the one who paid your debt and he rose his life up from the dead. 
All right? Let's just pray again, and let's just ask God. Because I just want to tell you the, the message that we're going to do today. The Bible actually says that God's love is so great that it surpasses knowledge. One of the prayers that Paul said, he goes, I'm going to pray that you might know the love that surpasses knowledge. Isn't that cool? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So we actually need God. So can I just tell you, as I'm praying for you, you pray. And ask God, would you help me grasp a love that I'm not going to be able to get to by myself? If you're going to intellectualize this thing today, you're not going to get it. But if you'll open up your heart, God's spirit can open up yours. And you'll be able to see it. So let's pray and ask for him to do that. God, I just confess that to you. I've been walking with you for 30 years and I still feel like I need the power to grasp your love. It's so high and wide and long and deep. It is beyond. It's eternal and I'm limited by time and I can't even begin to grasp how much you love me. And so in this moment, on behalf of everybody who's here, I'm going to ask in our short time here, would you come by the power of your Holy Spirit and would you move into every heart and do what only you can do? Open the eyes of our heart so we can see you. And make this love that is beyond our ability to figure out real. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, so here's where we're going to go with this today. Um, right after the resurrection, which is what we're celebrating today, Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples, um, just went out. And by the way, Peter was really freaking out, right? I mean, when Jesus died, it wasn't like he was like, yeah! I mean, he was, he was freaking, he was hiding, he was scared, he couldn't quite live, be the person he wanted to be, which is like us most of the time, right? We have a certain way we want to be, and we can't be that. And yet, after Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he, all of that fear just wiped away, and he went out. And so what we're going to look at is the first message that he gave to everybody after the resurrection of Christ. And we're just going to look at three verses. It's in Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can look at Acts chapter 2. You can grab your phone, grab version, and it'll be there as well. And if you don't have that, we got this funky, really cool new screen. There it is. All right, here we... That's not... By the way, that won't be there next week. We're renting that. All right. So, um, Acts chapter 2. Fellow Israelites, Peter's a Jewish guy. He's like, okay, brothers, here we go. Listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Is that not cool, man? Can't wait to get to the third point. All right, here we go. Let's hit the first two. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at love on display. And the first thing we see is that what Peter was saying is you got to see love on display in Jesus' life. In Jesus' life, you got to see this. So he says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. And you guys know this. You got to see it. You got to see Jesus Christ on display. It was interesting. When I got to the word accredited, I wasn't even sure what that meant. So I went and uh, dug down into the, the Greek language, which is when, where the Bible was actually written. And here's what that word accredited means. It means to show or to expose. It means to view or to put on exhibit. It's a display. 
And so what he was, Peter was saying is, God put Jesus Christ on display. And what he says is the reason that word also means is you show to prove what kind of person somebody is. And that's what God did through Jesus Christ. And when you read the Gospels, you guys, which is the book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those four books right there, tell the story about Jesus Christ. What you'll find is all four of those guys were trying to help us understand this was no ordinary person. This wasn't just some guy who reached his full potential as a human. He was actually divine. And so they show how he had power over nature, how he had power over the demonic, how he had power over physical disease. They showed that he had moral perfection, which was crazy because, think about this, I shared this a few months ago, so I'm going to share it again. Think how crazy that is, that these guys would live with Jesus Christ every day for three years and think he's God. Can I just ask you, if there's anybody who lives every day with you for three years, how many of them are going to think you're God? None of you. Everybody's going to go, you're not. I, I learned that in the first like five minutes, right? So, so you got to understand how crazy is it that these men would give up their life because of their declaration that they believed Jesus Christ was the son of God after living with him every day for three years. Nobody could find anything wrong with him. Even in the trial that crucified with him, they had to come up with stuff that wasn't true because they couldn't find a thing. And when he taught, he taught with authority that nobody else had ever seen. And the most intellectual, bright people of the day would try to trick him and find something in what he would teach that was wrong. And they couldn't. They were all in awe. This dude was God. But then when he says he gave you miracles and wonders and signs, a sign means something that distinguishes one from others. It transcends the common. And I want to tell you, man, Jesus Christ, out of all his power over things, out of all of his moral perfection and his teaching, the other thing that was a sign that transcended the common was the way he loved. Nobody has ever loved. First, nobody has ever loved God. Nobody ever loved the Father like Jesus did. He said, in fact, one point he says, the world's got to learn, that'd be you and me, that I love the Father and I do exactly what he commands me to do. And he did it perfectly. And we're going to talk about that here a little bit later. But then he also loved every person he came in contact with. He loved the poor. He loved the outcast. He loved the sinner. He loved the religious people. Now, the way he loved those religious people was a little bit different, wasn't it? See, because here's what you see about Jesus. He's absolutely committed to make sure that every human being he ran into would find life. And he knew that he was life. And he knew the way to the Father. He knew how to make sure that every human being would be filled with the real life from God. And so when he saw other people going down paths that were not going to lead to life, Jesus couldn't be like, well, that's cool, man. If that's your opinion, that's all right. He would be like, no, that's going to lead to death. No, that's going to lead to separation. And so sometimes you see Jesus, man, this one that we all love, who's like people, even in general, will go, that dude was cool. But man, when people got off track, he was like, Hard on that, strong on that, because why? He loved them. And he wanted to make sure that every person who felt like they were too far away from God would know that nobody's too far away from God. And he wanted every person who thought they were so good they didn't even need anything, that they actually needed God. Here's one I want to tell you. If you would have ever, and if I would have ever have had the chance 
to actually look and see Jesus Christ in the eyes, there's only one thing you would have felt. He loves you. So his life, and then and Peter just goes, you guys saw this, man. This guy was no ordinary human being. His love was on display through his life. Colossians 1.15 says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. And God is love, and in Christ, his life displayed it. It was awesome. So Peter gets done with that. He goes on to number two, verse 23. And this man, Jesus, was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. How many of you guys saw the movie The Passion? You guys, okay, a lot of you. Like, I remember after that, there was a really interesting thing going around in our nature where people were rising up and they were angry at the Jewish people. Do you remember that? Because they were like, I can't believe you killed Jesus. So there was this, there was this argument out there, like, who killed Jesus? Now, if you think about it, the first answer you'd have to say is, well, the Roman guards did, right? I mean, they're, they're the ones who actually nailed him up there and pierced him in his side. All that kind of, so you could say the Roman guys did it, or you could say the Jewish leaders did it, because they're the ones who did this ridiculous trial and did everything that they could to find Jesus blasphemous to, towards God. So you could say them. Now, if you're a Christian, then you kind of move into this other thing, and you go, no, it was me. Right? You guys ever heard that one? Okay. No, it was me. It was my sin that nailed Jesus to the cross, right? Okay, you're getting closer. What's that say? Yeah. Who killed Jesus? God did. This was his deliberate plan. And so what's crazy about that is you look at that and you go, so why was Jesus Christ put to death? Because God wanted to put love on display. Look at this, man. 1 John 4, 9 through 10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is real love, you guys. Not that you love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. You guys, this is the definition of love. All of you are trying to figure out, how in the heck do I love my wife? How do I love this dude sitting next to me? How do I love my kids? How do I love my jerk boss? How do I love my neighbor? How do I do this? What is it to really love? There it is right there, you guys. This is how we even know what love is. That Jesus Christ would lay down his life for us. Now, here's the question, though. Why? Why did he lay down his life? Why did he sacrifice? And why is this love? If I could just give you a really simple illustration. If you, you know, I, I remember uh, a few weeks ago, and actually it was a few months ago, all of a sudden one of our panels in our uh, kitchen went out electrically. And so that's not a good thing when you grind your coffee beans in the morning. Can I tell you? <laughs> because I get up, you know, really early in the morning, I put my coffee beans in the thing, and, I, and there's nothing happening. That's really frustrating. You guys, can you feel my pain? Okay. Early morning, no coffee. Come on. So here's the deal. Fully functioning coffee grinder. Totally designed exactly right. Works. It really does. But it doesn't work if there's no power. You guys know what I'm saying? And so here's the deal. 
If it's separated from the power source, it doesn't matter how well it's designed. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have everything inside of you to be a glorious human being. But if you aren't connected to the power source, you got what? Nothing. And that's the message here. And Jesus looks at you and he says, you know what? I hate the fact that your marriage is falling apart. I hate the fact that you're addicted. I hate the fact that you wake up with anxiety and fear every day. I hate the fact that you are so self-absorbed and you don't even want to be and you can't do anything about it. And here's what I really hate, you guys. And this is why Jesus had to come and take away our sin. And this is why he had to come and lay down his life. Because every one of us in this room, every human being on the planet has sinned against God innumerable times. Do you guys know that? Do you know how many times you've hurt another human being? Do you know how many times? I don't, I can't, you can't count that high, right? You can't even count them anymore. And here's the point. God is holy and he's righteous and he's good. And he will have nothing to do with your greed or your selfishness or your pride or your thievery or your sarcasm or all of your junk or mine. He can't. So here's what you actually earn by being full of sin, which by the way, did you know you can't stop? Anybody try? Doesn't work, does it? Try all you want. You ain't going to stop. You know what happens? You know what you earned? The Bible says that the truth is you are a slave to sin. Every human being is. And every single one of our hearts, even if you want to be something different, you can't do it. And you know what happens, you guys? It's like if I could just make this, if you could imagine that this is like a prison cell over here. And the Bible says it's like you're caught in this prison, that your heart is a slave. And if you're slave to something, that means you have to do whatever it says. And your heart says, think about yourself more than God and more than others. And as much as you might not even want to do that, you can't help it. And what happens is you get in this prison. You are a prisoner to your own heart. And you know why the world's so screwed up? Because you're screwed up. And so am I. So is the person sitting next to you. And so is every person in this world. And you know what God says, you guys? When you sin, you actually separate yourself from me. And you're beautiful. I designed you perfectly. But I'm telling you, you're dead. I am the life. And without me, you have no life. I know you're living and breathing, but you do not have eternal life within you. You don't. And the only way that we can do this is somehow what Jesus, what God has said, is this price needs to pay. You have a, basically, you have a death sentence on you, and you're in this prison. And here's the craziest thing, you guys, is that death sentence is going to be paid. It just is. And it's either going to be paid by you, or it's going to be paid by Jesus Christ. You guys understand this? You catching this? This is how he showed his love among us. That you were separated from me and that was unacceptable to God. And so he said, you know what? I don't want you to pay your debt. Your debt is so huge that what you owe me is your death and I don't want you to pay that. So Jesus Christ comes and he says, I will pay it for you. It's the greatest news in all the world. You know what? It's kind of an, an illustration. I just recently... Um, purchased a car, okay? And so I, I, and I, I got this check and I had this money and I, I had to turn around it in a day and so I couldn't get another cashier's check. So I actually had to go in and get like cash. 
That was fun. <laughs> I, never, I don't ever have cash that's like big. And, uh, and, so, and so what happened, though, was the guy I was buying the car from, he had a loan on the car, right? So basically every month, what is he doing? He's writing a check. He's trying to pay off his loan. He's trying to pay off his debt. You know what happened? So Justin and I come together, and we walk into the bank, and he's got a loan, and I had a pile of cash. And you know what I did on that day? What did I do? I paid his debt. I set him free. He was clean and free. I got it right here. I just got it two days ago. I'd show it to you. Sorry. says right here, little, little check on the marks, issue a title free of liens. How cool is that? So here's the deal. And here's what's crazy is that. Now this guy, he doesn't, he doesn't owe anything anymore at all. At all. He's free. And when Jesus Christ died for you, he paid your debt. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt. You got, yeah, thank you. You guys understand it? Because if he doesn't pay it, I'm going to pay it. And I don't want to pay it. You know what he did? You guys, and let's check out this. 2 Corinthians 5. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. I got, see, everybody's like, how you doing today? I'm like, are you kidding? I got the best message in the world to give today. He's given us that chance to do that. But you guys, look at this. God was in Christ reconciling who to himself? Let's all say this together. What was he reconciling? The world. Who's that include? Yeah. Every cotton-picking person on this planet. That means you. So here's the deal. The whole world is stuck in this prison, slave to their hearts, right? And they can't be the people they want them to do. You know what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago on Good Friday? Here was love on display. He walked over and he opened the prison door. He paid the debt. He actually took your life sentence on himself. And when that punishment was paid, there's no more punishment left. You guys are free. You guys get that? You're free. And here's what's cool. Can I tell you the truth? Ever, I don't care what you believe in here today. I don't care if you believe in Jesus or not. I, well, I do, but, it, uh, <laughs> but I, if you don't, here's what's cool. Every one of you in this room are already free. Every one of you in this room He's already paid your debt. There's nothing else you can do. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to go to church all the time. You don't have to get your act together. You don't have to stop drinking and, and get rid of all the junk in your life. You don't have to do any of that. You're in here right now. The door's already open. Did you guys know that? You're freaking free. Yeah, all of you. But you know what's wild? Almost all the world's going, I think I'll just hang out in here. That's what we're doing. I'm just going to hang out in here. And we aren't experiencing the joy and the freedom that God has given us. And we're still trying to be the people that we want to be and we can't. And you know what's so cool, you guys? So the door's already open. Jesus has already paid the debt on Good Friday. And all you got to do is take one step of faith. And all you got to do is say, you know what? I'm going to trust you, Jesus, with my life. And here's what's crazy. All you do is you step out. But here's what's cool. As soon as you step out of that, you step into him. You step into him. And everything begins to change. You guys, on Good Friday, your debt was paid.
You can pay it. I encourage you not to. Because it is separation from God. Or you could live reconciled and made right with God because of what Jesus Christ did. That was love on display. Now, can I just do a side note here? For all of you who are Christians in here, um, here's what's crazy, is you believe this stuff. You already, you know, you're like, woo, right? And you're like, this is awesome. Jesus died for me. And uh, Brad Olson, was it not great to have Brad back? Some of you guys know who Brad. Um, a lot of you who don't know Brad, Brad, the guy who led our opening song here, he was actually on staff with us uh, here, and it was just so great to bring him back and have him, God, I love that guy. So we, we had lunch together on Thursday, and he shared an illustration with me that's so, it's just awesome. It's almost like he said, hey, Dave, just imagine that while I was here, I noticed that you had a huge mortgage, and I decided to pay off your mortgage. I'm like, okay, okay I like that. Keep talking. And, um, and he goes, and let's say that I told Rutledge, Mike Rutledge, our arts director, he goes, hey, Rut, um, while I was here, man, I went ahead and paid off Dave's uh, debt completely on his house. So Mike comes to me on Monday, right, and he goes, dude, you're not going to believe this, but when Brad was here, he, he totally paid off your mortgage, you know? And I'd be like, no way, <laughs> no way. See, because if you don't really believe it, so here, here's, what, here's what some of you are like, right? is you think, you do, you would say, I believe that Jesus Christ has paid my debt. And then, but yet, what you're doing as a Christian is every time you screw up, you go, oh God, I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't believe you. I did that. You know, here, would you, just, would you just take this? And Jesus goes, no, no, you don't understand. All of your sin, done. Yeah, I, I know, but God, I, you know what I did this weekend. So please, can I just pay, you know, and so we think, and so we just keep trying to write another payment to God. And we keep trying to be better, don't you? And you keep trying, well, I know that you did that for me, Jesus, but there's, I know this was too much. And, I, and you keep writing these. Do you guys understand what I'm doing? Put the freaking checkbook down. Do you guys understand? It is finished. It is done. And some of you are followers. You believe in Jesus Christ, and yet you're still trying to make payments for your sin. And that's a life in the pit of hell, right there. Yep. You are absolutely, completely forgiven. How good is that news? That is awesome news. It is, and I, yeah, see, here, I'm serious. Someday, when you see him face to face, you're going to do way more than that. I can tell you that. You're going to fall on your face out of absolute gratitude to God. And he goes, thank you. But I want to tell you, man, us Christians, we should be the happiest, freaking most joyful people in the world. Because there's nothing, there is no condemnation on us. None whatsoever. Now, love was displayed in his death. But here's the coolest part. Let's end it with this, right? Third point is love was displayed in his resurrection. When I stepped out, right, into, out of my sin and I accepted that, I stepped into the life of Christ. Let's look at this. Love on display in Jesus' resurrection. Do you guys know this? That when Jesus died, his disciples weren't all excited. Do you guys know that? <laughs> Did you know his death meant absolutely nothing to them but whore? Until when? Until they saw him alive. And then when they saw him alive, they're like, holy smokes. This, what? It's, it's kind of like this. So how many of you, got, you, so a lot of you are here for Good Friday. 
And, and you, you got to witness this. This was amazing. If you weren't here, just check this out. So Virag, one of our people on staff, did this painting. And, uh, and I remember I'm sitting there, and I'm watching her do this painting, and I'm like, okay, that's weird. You know, and I'm like, we got the kind of got the storm going on up here, right? And, and I'm expecting her to maybe draw some, I didn't know what she was doing, right? So we're all watching this painting, and we're, we're going, what's on? And, and here's what happens, you guys, is when Jesus Christ died, all of his disciples looked at that, and they went, what was that? Are you kidding me? I mean, I just gave up three years of my life to follow you, and you just go ahead and die? Do you guys know how confusing that day was to them? They were devastated. They thought he was the savior. They thought he was going to release them from Roman rule and they'd finally be free. It was like that. It was totally confusing. And then when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he turned everything upside down and they finally saw him for the first time. Is that not cool? That was just the coolest moment, wasn't it, for Friday night? Yeah, I mean, that was just... It was not until Jesus Christ rose from the dead that finally they could look at him and go, oh, okay, wait a second. You're the Savior like way more than I thought you were. I wasn't expecting the rising from the dead thing. That's cool. And here's what's crazy, you guys, is this is what changed their lives. Acts 2.24. God raised Jesus from the dead freeing him from the agony of death. Because, look at this, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Impossible for death to keep its hold on him. You guys, so when we, when we look at this, why? Why was it impossible for death to keep its hold on Jesus? You guys ever thought about this? It's a great question. Why couldn't he stay dead? Here's why. Because, listen to this, death, which we're all, subject to, is because it's a consequence of sin. Death is a consequence of sin. So Jesus died. you know why he died? Because he took all your sin on him. So he took your, right? Why did he die? Remember the verse? To take away your sin. So he took all your sin and he put it on himself. And now he was going to experience the consequence of sin. In fact, I I love how uh, C.S. Lewis wrote it. He said this. Jesus was so full of life that when he wished to die, he had to borrow death from others. You guys get this? So the only reason that death could not hold Jesus down is because in Christ there was no sin. Look at this, 1 John 3, 5. You know that he appeared so that he might take away our sin and in him is no sin. So you guys, if there's no sin, then there's no what? There's no death. So basically what happened is Jesus took your sin on himself, so he really did die. And then while he was dead, sin was, you know, death is going, okay, so now what did Jesus do wrong? Nothing. And he's like, okay, just one time you had to not listen to God. No? Just one time you had to be at least a little jealous? No? One time you had to show favoritism? and No? So death was looking for a handle to keep him down? One sin is all he needed. One sin, and I'll hold you down here. And death couldn't find one thing wrong. Is that not cool? See, so that's why he could rise from the dead. Because Jesus Christ was perfect. 
And here it is, you guys, you know what's so cool? You know what he was perfect in? He was perfect in his love. Because all the law was summed up in this, love God and love each other. And so what that means is Jesus Christ loved God perfectly, and Jesus Christ loved people perfectly. And perfect love cannot find a consequence of death. That is just good news. Now here's, you guys check this out. Now don't, don't miss this point. You know, that verse said, that he appeared to take away our sin. You know what I know? I believe this with all my heart. That my sin was taken away by Jesus and put in his body. Which means if I don't have any sin anymore, I can't what? I can't die. Isn't that cool? Do you guys see how this works? Now, am I going to physically die? Yes, I am. But because Jesus took my sin in his body, there's no sin left in here. And God literally looks at me and goes, you're clean, dude. That is the best news. All right. I'm serious, man. So, and, and so here's the other option. The other option is to keep having your junk or let Jesus take it away. But here's the, here's the truth. The death is always a consequence of sin. And in Christ, there was no sin. And you guys, can I just give you the best example of this? In the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus is deciding whether to do this or not, every time God says, love me, right? And he says, and if you love me, you'll obey me, right? He says, you'll follow me. And here's his promise to you. If you'll love me, if you'll obey me, then you're going to be with me. Do you guys know that? Every time God promises that if you'll just be with me, I will be with you always. Now, that doesn't mean your life's going to go great. Okay, don't, don't get that confused. Sometimes that means your life actually sometimes gets harder. Sometimes you go through really difficult times on this planet. But God says, but I will what? I'll be with you. And I'll walk through it with you. Check this out. In the Garden of Gethsemane, as Jesus, you know why he's sweating like I am? Except it was blood. He was so stressed out. You know why? Because God was saying to Jesus, Jesus, if you love me, you obey me. And if you do this, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to crush you. Jesus, if you obey me, I'm going to abandon you. I'll forsake you. Never before had God asked a step of obedience that would result in separation. It always results in reconciliation. But in that moment in the garden, Jesus knew that if he said yes to his father, his father was going to abandon him and forsake him. Is that not crazy? And what's Jesus say? Not my will, but yours be done. You guys, that is love way beyond ours. And that was the love that entered down into the pit of hell. And hell could not hold him down because there was no sin within him. So love was on display when Jesus rose from the dead because the only reason he rose from the dead was because there was no sin in him. Now let's close with this. Love is also display, on display in his resurrection through you. 
Let me explain this. This is the greatest news in all the world, you guys. Is Romans chapter 5, verse 10 says this. If, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? So what he's saying there is this. Even when you could care less about God, he reconciled you. He plugged you back in through his death. Okay, great. So now you're back in here. But if that happened, how much more now is he going to save you through his life? See, guys, here's the greatest news is when Jesus Christ forgave you from your sin. Can you imagine? It's like, so you're in here and you got this really selfish heart, right? And then Jesus forgives you. And so you walk out. If you're just forgiven, but you keep doing the same stuff again, is that, I mean, that's good. That's not like, I got to keep being this way though. You know what he's saying here? No, you don't. You know why? Because I'm going to save you from your sin. I'm not just going to forgive your sin. I'm going to save you from it. I'm going to actually start to change your heart so that you don't just love yourself, but you can now have a spiritual power to love God and love others. Can you imagine having that? Would that not be cool to have that? Now look at this, Romans 8. Christ lives within you. You guys, this is Easter. All you Christians, you're missing this one. Can I say, I, I think you're missing this one. But this is Easter. Jesus Christ rose from the dead so he could live within you. And who's the one who lives inside you? The one who loves God and loves people. So he can empower you to do the same thing. Christ lives within you so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been, you have been made right with God. Totally forgiven. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, God will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living inside you. Is that not the greatest news? You are completely forgiven through his death, and now through his resurrection, he says, I'm going to help you live a new life. I'm going to help you love like you've never loved before. I'm going to set you free from stuff you've never been able to be free from. You guys, that is the promise right there of the risen Christ that we celebrate, that people gave their lives for and died because they knew that this guy didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead, and he's living in them, and 12 little dudes changed the whole world. I don't know how little they were, but they changed the whole world. And you know what? For every person who receives the Spirit of God inside of them, you can finally be what you were created to be. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to praise the one who paid our debt and raised his life up from the dead. So we're going to sing. We're just going to worship. We're going to take a couple songs here right now, and we're just going to have a chance, give you a chance to relish in the fact that, there's, that if you've received Christ, that there is no room for sin anymore. There's no room for shame anymore. And I, I just want to ask you guys, um, by the way, I just know that for some of you, if you're here, and this is a new message, this is, but this is the Christian message at its core. It's why it's such great news. You can be completely forgiven no matter what kind of goofball you are. And you don't have to stay that same goofball. That's the hope of Christ. So I just want us to take these next couple songs. We have three, but these next couple. I just want you to, let's just join in the celebration and in the praise that he paid your debt. You're free. You're forgiven. You're rescued. And nothing's going to take that away. And he's raised his life from the dead to help you live a new one.